Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the playoffs are finally upon us, or at least they will be uh, in a few days. Uh, and we also know the Islanders' opponent will be uh, some guys they're pretty familiar with in the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, uh, you know, they played a couple of games that that we can talk about real quick. But, I mean, at this point, th- this is where we wanted to get to for the last, like, three weeks or so, if not a month, which is like, okay, now we can start the playoffs and now we can, the Islanders can start again to scratch and try and uh, capture the Stanley cup. Yeah. And it, and it really isn't lost on me, like how great the beginning of the playoffs are. Um, you, you know, it's uh, everyone always talks about like the clean slate you get at the beginning of the season. And it's, you know, everyone has a chance to win. Um, and it's similar in the playoffs too. And it's very exciting. Um and I'm extremely grateful for the five or six, whatever, how many days off we have between now and our, our presumed start for, on Sunday at noon. It's uh, love that the NHL is going with this wait and see approach on, uh, on scheduling the most important part of their year, this, the NHL playoffs and uh, not really tipping their hand. It's almost like, it's like the, when teams, um, like unveil a new Jersey or something like that. That's how I feel like the NHL is like slowly like trickling out the playoff schedule, which is definitely one way to do it. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't know if I do it th- that way myself, but yeah, I assume it's Sunday and it's, so we get a cup a break and uh, you just get to kind of reflect, I guess on the season that was, but also look 
look forward to uh, the season, you know, the season that's coming, the mini season that's coming. And this, this team uh, for, you know, as, as pedestrian as they've looked the past couple of weeks, uh, there was, there was a time they were a contender and this there, I don't see any reason not to believe that they can't go, go into this tournament and and make noise again. And it would actually be a disappointment if they don't. Uh, And it's just like, I think we're a little bit as as shitty as it's been to be an Islander fan for most of my life. It really does make these first round like this moment bigger than than it would be if you are a fan of you know the Red Wings back in their heyday or the Devils when they were making the playoffs every year, the Rangers when they were making the playoffs every year. It's uh, you you really do. I'll never not appreciate this like this kind of time. It's one of my favorite favorite times of the entire year when the Islanders are lucky enough to get into the playoffs, uh, it's, there's just, it's the weather's better. It's, there's just so much hope in the air. And you think back to, I, I mean, I always think about tailgating at the Coliseum before playoff games and just that nervous agony that you, that you go through before a game and during a game. And, um, that's that's for in a couple of days. So right now you don't even have that. Like you just, it's just kind of relaxing knowing you're in, um, and getting, just getting geared up and, you know, I don't know, throwing the throwing Warren Zevon on every day to get excited. That's what I, you know, I feel like Warren Zevon is playoff music. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> wow. That's uh, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I could kind of see that. Um, you know, it's funny. You and I are always so much in sync, uh, which is why this show is, is, is what it is because we're often two very, very anxious <laughs> Islanders fans, but I find it funny that like you're, you're not anxious because to me, like when you say you, you see no reason that they couldn't go into the tournament and make noise, I totally believe you. And I totally believe that you believe that. But to me, it's the exact opposite. Like the way they've played over the last month and a half really gives me absolutely no confidence whatsoever that they're going to do anything in this this tournament. I just uh, it's been pretty bad. And I mean, I guess that's a segue to the last couple of games, um, the two against the Devils and the one against the the Bruins. They lost one of them two to one maybe the most boring game they've played all season. Um, you know, they were okay in the third period, but they were kind of checked out for the first two. Now, in fairness, they had already clinched the playoff berth, so, you know, maybe they didn't really need that game that much. So, uh, Varlamov looked pretty good, but uh, it was not a great game for the Islanders. The next game was a 5-1 win, and they looked fantastic. Like, that was the best game they had looked, the best they had looked since their wins against the Rangers. And uh, even Kyle Palmieri scored, so go figure. Who knew? Uh, so it was nice to see a couple of guys get on the board. Barzell, too. Um, Brock Nelson had a couple of goals, so those were all nice. And then they went and they played the Bruins uh, Monday night in a, a makeup game that had been uh, postponed when the Bruins had their, their COVID outbreak. And for the first period, the Islanders were absolutely terrible. And I thought, oh, here we go again. This is going to be another disaster. But they, they fought back. They tied the game. Uh, they had a great second period, pretty even third period. Oliver Wallstrom scored on the power play. Uh, the Bruins retook the lead, and then Barzell just tied it with a with a beautiful shot from the the slot, and they played a a pretty pretty Islanders like game. I got to say, Taylor Hall eventually scored his second goal of the game, a uh, beautiful backhander in overtime, in which the Islanders didn't do anything at that point. Going to overtime already clinched them clinched the Bruins third place and the Islanders fourth place. So again, there wasn't a whole lot to play for, and so maybe I was probably a little bit stupid to be so ticked off about <laughs> losing. Um, but, you know, maybe that that game and the fact that they they played with a bit of an edge to themselves um, 
you know, is, is a sign that maybe they, they can turn it on. Cause I mean, again, the playoffs are a brand new season. They're going to start from scratch. And as, uh, Shannon Hogan and uh, AJ Malesko and Arthur Staple talked about on the uh, No Sleep Till Belmont podcast today. You know, this team did turn it on last year in the bubble after that that pause. So, you know, maybe they can do it again. But I, I don't know. I mean, just without without Anders Lee, uh, with a bunch of guys that, you know, for haven't played all that well now for a few weeks and dudes banged up. I just I don't know. I, I don't see it. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I don't want to feel this way, but I can't shake what I've watched over the last month and a half and just how annoying and irritating and frustrating <laughs> it's been to watch this team throw points away. And I mean, you know, okay, maybe they wouldn't have finished first, but like maybe they would have finished second or had home ice or something like it just, I don't know. So we'll see. And again, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going into this and especially that's the penguins. And I just can't stand them. <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't know. I, I I'm not, like- I'm not confident going in. It's another, um, you know, sports as a whole is kind of like, it really does give you kind of a, a look into the human condition, um, in a, in a very funny way. Cause it's, it, it is pure emotion. It's just like all about emotions. Like you're, you're attached to a team, you're attached to a local area whatever. And then that attachment then manifests itself in all these roll this roller coaster ride every year. Um, and you go through, joy sadness anger you touch every base in kind of the human spectrum and it also like it, it really reveals our biases uh which i think is interesting especially one is recency bias right like we unfortunately the the way the islanders ended the season is the last thing that we saw and it's it's hard as, as just like a human being to to be able to, to look past that and kind of just write it off and be like well uh i, I try try to remember how they looked in March or pre yeah pre trade deadline basically and uh it's it's really difficult to just to overcome that and I'm not saying I do like I I basically the way I kind of approached the last month of the season um I shouldn't say month but like the, besides the the games they played the Rangers which who, they were the team that was chasing them so those were kind of mini playoff games and the Islanders to their credit uh, passed those tests with basically flying colors. Um, I really just had no, uh, like I wasn't as emotionally invested in, in a lot of those games. Cause yes, the Islanders clinched or we're about to clinch. Um, and these guys are human beings too. They just went through this crazy season where they weren't allowed to, you know, meet up with each other in the common area of a hotel on the road. There's just like a lot of weird stuff. And, and, uh, I decided basically, I was like, I'm going to almost make an effort to, uh, ignore the results of a lot of these games. And there was some scary stuff, uh, but I then realized what really kind of calmed me down was had the Islanders blown out the Sabres and the Devils or whoever they were playing down the stretch, like 8-3 and 6-2, 4-0, I probably would have been more scared than I am now because I would have been like, we'll save those goals for the playoffs. We know that this team has trouble scoring. Like, Let's not waste them all now on the Sabres and Devils. Like we need, we're going to need these goals from the against the Penguins, and that is partly because I'm sick in the head, like thinking like that. But also, <laughs> like I really, I honest, I'm being honest when I say I actually think I would be uh, almost more anxious about the, that than this than than what we're seeing. And uh, I I find this this team is is fascinating because of the way that they do seem to. Unlike any Islander team pre-trots, like these big games, the Islanders don't cough up with uh, like they don't they 
they do seem to get up for him, whether they win him or not. Like in most cases, they do seem to find a way to uh, at least play their best hockey and, and that, that heavy style of hockey. Uh, they're much more engaged in them. And I'm hopeful that in a week's time or yeah, I guess a week or two, and we're talking about the first game or two of that series, we're thinking like, yeah, like this, this team, it, it was like an, an ebb in the season. We watched, we used to watch, um, I mean, we might even have talked about this in the early episodes of, of the show, uh, like the Kings and the Blackhawks and the Penguins to some extent, uh, they just seem to have a way to pace themselves, uh, because the, Stan- just getting to Stanley Cup's playoffs is really tough. Uh, but if you are spent by the time you cross that finish line of the regular season, you're, you know, you, you, you're not going to be able to survive the two month slog that that's awaiting you. Uh, and I'm, I'm just hoping that this is a, this is what's going on with this team is whether intentional or not, they, they just ebbed at maybe the exact right time. And now they can uh, start to peak again. And uh, I think, the way they played against the Bruins, which admittedly like was um, the only game I, I really watched of these last few, that's uh, go, going back to, to the Sabres games, uh, th- I thought they looked good. I, I was horrified the whole game because it looked like they were trying to get hurt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> were, it was a very physical game. Yeah, yeah. It was incredibly you – know, there's always like in these soccer tournament stories about uh, – I think that, I think it was like Austria and maybe like – uh, like Chile or something way back when in like the seventies and like a world cup or something. Um, they both needed a draw to advance. And, and if, you know, as long as they didn't lose, they both would advance to the knockout stages of the tournament. So before the game, they basically like had a handshake agreement, like, Hey, look, we're not going to score. You guys don't score. We'll see you guys in the next round or whatever. Um, I was kind of hoping that uh, Bruce Cass- Cassidy and Barry Trotz had like a, Hey, everyone's going to be wearing uh, no contact jerseys for this one because uh, like we should be staying away. And it was kind of the exact opposite. And 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 I know like obviously uh, you know Simeon Varlamov, it looks like he's okay, which is mm. that was you know the heart and stomach moment there. But um, aside that, there were there were there were a few others, and and I know that that kind of hockey that it was important to play that way. Now that we got through it relatively unscathed, but. Uh, it was frightening uh, just watching these guys get throwing their body when I'm like, well, look, like if Jordan Everly gets hurt, we're screwed. So can he just not? And I was kind of hoping that <laughs> Barry Trotz would have shortened his bench to like three players for the last 10 minutes. But lo and behold, uh, that's not how it happened. But, but the point was like they I thought they looked pretty good like that. If that team for the majority of that game showed up in the playoffs, I think they'll they'll compete. Um, yeah, it was a it was a, a physical game. Yeah, Varlamov left. Boy, he didn't come out for the third period, and Sorokin played. And it turned out he he had just kind of strained something. It was a small thing, and out of precaution, they just kept him out. Trot said today, that, or after the game, that had it been a playoff game, he would have stayed in. Oliver Wallstrom at one point took a spill and looked kind of hurt. Eberly took a spill into the end boards, looked kind of hurt. Of course, Leo Komarov decided he wanted to butt end David Pasnak. Um, wasn't a smart play. Leo definitely deserved a penalty. Pasternak went down like he had been hit with an arrow uh, from uh, a bow, <laughs> perhaps in the, the third deck of TD Garden. Um, but uh, the Islanders ended up uh, giving up a, a power play goal and a five on three. Uh, no, wait, Did, was that the power, same power play? Or I, I don't remember what it was. But uh, in any event, um, yeah, it was a physical game, and and you know, I just, um, I like I said, I just. It just 
kind of freaks me out that, and I get what you're saying. Like, had they, you don't want them to peak too early. You don't want them to, you know, kind of expel all their energy in the uh, regular season. You know, uh, AJ or Shannon mentioned on the uh, No Sleep Till Palmont podcast that, like, uh, you know, it's sort of like Tampa Bay when they had that fantastic regular season and then got swept by the Blue Jackets. Like they were just so good for so long during the course of the playoffs. And then all of a sudden they, you know, just ran out of gas, basically, and just had nothing from when Columbus came back. Meanwhile, the Kings, you know, when they first won their cup, they were an eighth seed. Like they weren't expected that, that right up until the trade deadline. They looked pretty dead in the water. They were going to trade Dustin Brown and it was bad. And then. They met. They uh, just went on this crazy run, and I mean, John John Quick had a lot to do with that too, and he was really really good. So, um, you know, I mean, anything can happen. I know that's the old cliche, like anything can happen in the playoffs. You never know. Um, just and and I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping that that something like that happens. And if it does, well, then I'll feel a lot better. Um, you know, again, this is a Penguins team that went six and two against the Islanders in the regular season. Uh, most of those games were played in February. Uh, which you know at this point I think feels two like two of those losses were in overtime too. So you like, yeah. I think a lot of people are focusing on the fact that the Penguins won six of eight, but you know it's a coin flip in overtime, so it could really have been four of eight or five of eight. So sure, it's just and, definitely one thing to as when you do read all about that uh, to to make you sleep better at night. <laughs> and uh, and the other thing too that I keep thinking about is in a couple of those games, some of them might have been those overtime games too. Like the Islanders played pretty well. Like they, it wasn't that they just got blown out. They just had no puck luck or just couldn't get anything past, you know, whatever Penguins goalie was, was in net that night. So, I mean, there are, and of course, you know, the biggest factor, or maybe it's, it doesn't end up being a factor at all, but you know, one thing that I know we're all thinking about is the fact that a couple of years ago, the Islanders went to the playoffs against the Penguins and swept them in ignominious fashion. Like, you know, that, that series kicked off and they got one overtime win and then another, and then another, and it was the most glorious time <laughs> to be an Islander fan in a long time. Like we've talked about on this on this show, like the 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 week between the sweeping of the Penguins and the start of the next series, which ended up getting being a sweep against the Islanders, was maybe the best time to be an Islanders fan in thirty years because they had, were in the second round, they had completely dominated and decimated their opponent, and it was the Penguins, and it was great, and like everything had been validated, the whole thing, the whole season was all of a sudden everything was right. Um, and so the Penguins certainly haven't forgotten that, the guys who were on the team anyway. And the Islanders certainly haven't forgotten that. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the, the matchup goes. Um, there was an article in The Athletic today, Arthur Staple, and then the three uh, Penguins beat writers for The Athletic talked about the the, the series. And, and you know, they were, the three Penguins guys were respectful. They weren't like... You know, I was expecting them each to pick the Penguins in a sweep, uh, but that that kind of thing didn't happen. But uh, but they did mention that, um, you know, the uh, that series had a huge effect on the Penguins and that there's no team that ruins springs in Pittsburgh more than the Islanders do. 90, you know, 2018 uh, or it's just a two, 2019, 93 uh, you know, other uh, 75 was another one. So like this would this would complete the pattern or continue the pattern of the Islanders absolutely destroying the Penguins in the playoffs and, and making them mad. But, you know, I mean, there's a reason the Penguins are in first and the Islanders are in fourth right now. And it, it's nice that this, well, we didn't even talk about the schedule. So like the Bruins and, and Caps will start Saturday night. There's no set schedule yet, but it's a believe that the Islanders will probably start – uh, 
at, in Pittsburgh on Sunday afternoon, which kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, and so that gives the Islanders like five days off to to rest and recuperate and get that little sort of mini camp going that they had uh, before the bubble last year. So, you know, there's so many factors and there's so many things that are, are up in the air that, that, you know, again, anything can happen and you never know, but man, it's really hard to shake those, these previous months, just so many, so many opponents knifing through the neutral zone, just nobody standing in front of the goalie, just thrown away points and like lost points and lost overtimes and just, I don't know. So, so we'll see, but um, I'm hoping I'm wrong and, and that, you know, they can pull it together and, and everybody's healthy and stays healthy and they go on a long run. Cause then the problem is even if they beat the penguins, who's waiting the caps or the Bruins. <laughs> so uh, it's going to, it's going to be brutal. This whole, this whole division has been brutal and I hope to never see it again. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like it. And once again, like, I think that there's reason to um, be hopeful. Like if I think the penguins are a beat of everyone in this division is both beatable and you can also see them just running roughshod through their opponent. Because uh, they they all have very high ceilings and um, they're just they all have different ways that they can beat you. But I think that and this is getting too far ahead because they still have to beat the Penguins. But there, there's definitely if you beat if you pass the test of beating the Penguins the way they've been playing the best of seven, like that just completely changes everything. It turns you into a, right away. You're all right. Not only are you one of eight teams left of in the whole league, but you also um, passed a very very significant test and that that does jolt not just the team but the fan base into believing uh which is which is fine like i there no matter how this division shook out there was never going to be an easy first round matchup um it's weird because i thought for the whole season the islanders were destined to play uh washington and then Mm. uh it just that's just how it looked for so long and uh i wasn't really I didn't really start to think about the Penguins until maybe like seven or eight days ago. Um, and they're the whole, I get this is partly because I'm a little bit younger. Um, I don't remember. I was three years old in 93. I was obviously not born in 75. So these Penguin fans or the, the whole Penguin trope of, oh yeah, the Islanders ruin, nobody ruins a spring like the Islanders in Pittsburgh. Like, get over it there's that's how that's one one time in 1975 then 18 years later and then another what 30 years later or yeah. almost 30 years later so three springs in 30 years when you've won four cups i mean come on that and that's just that's the frustrating thing about the penguins and how they're covered too it's like it's this very they still have this long suffer like, like long sufferingness to them when it's not that's not the case. You guys got Cindy Crosby and Evgeny Malkin in back-to-back drafts <laughs> and won a bunch of Stanley Cups. So you had that Mary Little Mew at one point. And it's not – you can't you can't be woe as me when that is the case. Um, and like the Islanders, the Penguins – yes, the Islanders swept the Penguins in 2019. But the playoff series prior to that, the Penguins beat the Islanders in a mm-hmm. uh, kind of excruciating fashion because there was a very much a – you know, what could have been – feeling for Islander fans um, in that series because they did play better than the Penguins did. But that, and I think that series really does kind of illuminate something about this Islander team was um, it shows you that whole, it's such a, it, it, it gets boohooed among hockey Twitter. And I definitely did it my fair share throughout the, the years, but I've, you really under trots and I guess Lamarillo too, 
you really do start to see that there is something to uh, not like a, I don't, I don't I hate using the word veteran presence, but like that knowing how to win a game or not, you, you know, like there's some, that team back in 2013, right. That was when it was, yeah, 2013. Mm. Um, they didn't know how to, you manage the situation. They were good enough to get themselves into winnable, um, situ- into a winnable situation, basically every game, except for game one. Uh, they weren't, they didn't have the savvy that this team currently has. And there are, there's a reason for that. It's like these guys are older and have been through those, you know, they, they paid their tuition in, in those moments, whether with the Islanders or other teams. Um, so that, that series to me sticks out into the whole, like, yeah, you do need to learn how to win. And there is a reason that the Islanders took a step forward last year and, and why I'm confident that they could maybe do it again this year. It's because these best of seven series are just as much about kind of like a chess match uh, on the ice in behind the bench, et cetera, as they are just about, you know, the the actual skill and whatever, like the the Islanders and Penguins are both in, in that area kind of equals. And I think actually the Islanders have, have some edges in the series that uh, are significant, namely in goal. Um, And the fact that they, they don't, uh, they aren't wanting in the kind of quote unquote uh, game management or veteran savvy er- uh, area is is a big plus because that's they're they're one of a few teams and and this division is actually chock full of them that uh, <laughs> you know when you when you play a team like Pittsburgh with with guys who've been through everything and have won everything like that becomes less of a of a an edge for them and it, it like that that gulf is really shortened so it's like you almost need to throw that out and take these two teams just at almost face value. And when you do that, uh, there are, yes, like the Penguins have Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel and Brian Russ at the top of their lineup. Evgeny Malkin, I'm, I'm sure Jeff Carter is going to score 100 goals. Like <laughs> Chris Letang, Brian Dumoulin, like they have a good top of the roster. The Islanders aren't too far behind there and they have good depth, um, especially up front. And the goaltending edge especially if Tristan, Tristan Jari, who for some reason played his best against the Islanders this season, uh, is starting. Like the, There's a p- pretty significant edge for the Islanders in goal. Like Simeon Verlamov is a possible Vezina finalist, I think. And then Tristan Jari, is, I think his goal saved above expectation was minus 10 on the season. So they're, 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 they're serious paths past to success for the Islanders here. Um uh, it's just going to depend on if they like which which version of them shows up, but mm. uh, and and I think a big part of that is that yeah, this team knows how to be. I think Trot said it in this first year. Uh, the first thing this team needs to learn is to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations, uh, and they are like they they've all kind of shown that they are throughout these years. So you can at least be confident in in those kind of things, right? The goaltending, the fact that they they aren't. Um, you know, this young upstart team, like this is a, a veteran savvy team that knows like in a two, one game with eight minutes left, they, they're going to know, okay, I'm going up against Sidney Crosby. I'm not going to make that extra pass. I'm just going to get it deep, go to work on the four check, whatever. Whereas like we saw guys like, you know, Travis Hamannick and Andrew McDonald or whoever make, make those extra passes because mm-hmm. they were young and they were inexperienced and they didn't learn how to win yet. But uh, those moments hopefully will be very few and far between with a team built like the Islanders are. Yeah. You can say that about that 2015 team too. Like they were fantastic uh, all season long. They went to the playoffs. They, 
they beat the Panthers. Oh no, that was the 2016 team. Sorry. They, yeah, no, they, yeah. 2016. They, you know, they beat the pan. Well, yeah, same thing. 2015 team. They lost the caps. They, they had come back. They tied the, you know, the uh, series at the Coliseum. They went to Washington and they just didn't show up and the caps won two, one, you know, uh, and the Islanders, only two guys really played well in that game, Johnny Boychuk and Yarrow Halak. The next year, the Islanders were pretty good in the regular season. They beat the Panthers in the first round. You know, it was a, it was a pretty even matchup. They they won three three games in overtime. Uh, I guess they were able to keep their poise there. But then, you know, against Tampa Bay, they had those late leads. They blew them all. And before you know it, the series is over five games. So, yeah, this team has been through. I mean, th- this iteration of the Islanders has been through more playoff games than pretty much any iteration of the Islanders has been in years. You know, I mean, this is, this is a team that has won one, two, three, four playoff rounds, <laughs> you know, like that's a lot for the, for the Islanders. So uh, yeah, I, I could see that happening. And, you know, it's, again, I, I kind of hate myself a little bit because the, the first half of this season, the Islanders really were fantastic. I mean, you and I sat here and complained that no, they weren't getting enough attention because they really deserved it. They were really that good. And, you know, they they slid and skidded and and faltered in the last month or so. But at the end of the day, right now they're second in goals against, uh, only to Vegas. Vegas has one more game on the schedule, by the way. It's against San Jose, unfortunately. But if the uh, Sharks happen to blow them out, uh, there's a chance the Islanders could win a second Vezina, uh, second Jennings Trophy under Barry Trotz. But like even to be in the conversation for a second one. You know, or becoming second for one after coming in first a couple of years ago. That's that's unbelievable. Like that's crazy. Um, they you know have a, a plus twenty eight goal differential, which is pretty darn good. They have the eleventh the eleventh best record in the league. Uh, just you know, uh, two points behind the Bruins. They're one point right now ahead of the Oilers. So I mean, they could the Oilers could win and and push the Islanders back. But I mean, they're in the top the top half of the league. I mean, that's pretty darn good. And uh, you know, there were things that that they did this season that you wouldn't have thought they were able to do. It's just, I don't know what happened in the second half, and and particularly after the trade deadline. But I mean, hopefully, guys are are more comfortable and and they're focused and ready to go because uh, it's going to get very real very quickly. And I think this team, um, you know, this is such a cliche because every team wants this, but I think they do. You know, back to your point, like I think they do recognize the gravity of this, and especially like with the Coliseum, this is the last. The last run there, I, I you know, I, I think they understand what is in front of them and and the opportunity that's in front of them because I think that's what happened in the, in the bubble. Like they understood that, you know, they kind of got a, a second life here, and I think that they might think of that here too. Um, and Cal Clutterbuck actually did an interview on the radio, and you know, Cal doesn't do a lot of that stuff. He does some some post game things every once in a while, but like you know, radio interviews, he doesn't do that often. And and he talked about how how much that run last year has has uh, had an effect on them. And him, him in particular, and like to get that close and to not win it is like devastating. <laughs> and they want to correct that and change that and make it happen this year. And I just hope they have have the skill to do it because uh, you know we all want to see that. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, I think, we'll I think a lot of like I think another thing too that could you know help calm your nerves if if you really are worried. And, and like I'm I'm talking like this right now, but come Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be a wreck. But uh, but when you look at the Islanders forward, forward group, especially if you try to like separate yourself from being an Islander fan and you just look at it as like a random hockey fan and you say, okay, like look at this third line is Oliver Wallstrom, JG Peugeot and Kyle Palmieri. Like that's a really, really good third line. And obviously we know what the fourth line does and its role. So like it's, it's, there is a 
a serious team here that that is should be taken seriously by everybody and um i'm i'm quite interested to see like where these the the betting market kind of opens up because i'm I'm assuming that the penguins are going to be you know in that minus 150 range and that's like a 60 percent chance that the book bookies will be giving them and i wouldn't be surprised if they take the majority of the money just because of the season series that's what people will be looking at and and the way that the islanders finished compared to the penguins who were very very good down the second half of the season uh but I, I actually do think like this is much closer. Uh, like I think the Peng- yes, the Penguins, especially because they have home ice, are deserving favorites. But um, this is closer to 50-50, I believe, than than uh, you, you're going to see most people talk about. And and I and I, like this stuff does affect betting, which is like narratives and the way teams are covered. And it's why like the Dallas Cowboys are always uh, you know kind of expensive to bet on because they're covered very differently from the Jacksonville Jaguars and whatever, like <laughs> the way the Pen- Pittsburgh Penguins are covered and their reputation around the league is much different from the Islanders. Like you said, they have three beat writers at the athletic, <laughs> like, like that, that was an incredibly strange article to read mm. uh, because of it's like, Hey, instead of going point counterpoint, we'll go point counterpoint, 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 <laughs> like from three guys who were, I, I just don't, I, whatever we complain about the, the media enough, but uh, it's just like, that just shows you like there's very different um, cultures and uh, environments of these teams. And I think that there's the Islanders in their under trots, especially have done their best work when they've been counted out. And I ex- fully expect them to be counted out. I, I expect that, majority of people will be picking against them and um come game one like we, we should know pretty quickly where this team is at like they 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 do tend to to show that like if if they have that you know heavy first period where it does look like they're all over the place like you myself like everybody will be like all right like this is the team that we've been waiting for for the past couple of months and if they don't like i'm just gonna jump behind the sofa and just hope it's quick <laughs> yeah i agree uh yeah so we'll have to see um you know yeah I, the fact that you know it's gonna be closer to 50 50 in, in terms of betting lines makes me feel a lot better so because <laughs> those, those guys know what they're doing they're, they're not gonna mess around uh okay we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we'll uh we'll bounce around the league uh we'll talk about some uh new uh new names and new jerseys for uh an islanders affiliate and I don't know, maybe a bunch of other stuff too. All right, come back with it in a couple of minutes. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They've got New England Whalers. They've got Capital District Islanders. They've got uh, Fort Worth Texans. I have one of those, an old Islanders affiliate from the 70s. Uh, you can get all that stuff at VintageIceHockey.com. You could use the code Lighthouse15 to save yourself 15%, which is cool. And they also have our Al Arbor t-shirts and our portion of which goes to the Center for Dementia Research. So you can do all kinds of cool shopping at VintageIceHockey.com. Gear up for the playoffs. Check it out. It's a great site. It's run by our friend Kevin. So check it out today, VintageIceHockey.com. Oh, also make sure to leave us a review at iTunes with your Twitter handle in the review so you can enter for a chance to win some eBay swag. This is the last month for that. So please do it. Thank you. Um, okay, speaking of minor league teams, uh, real quick, we'll, we'll just uh, you know turn away from the uh, NHL playoffs for one second and talk about the Islanders' uh, top AHL affiliate was once the Bridgeport Sound Tigers and had been for about 20 years or so. But now next year, they're going to have a new team, a new name, the Bridgeport Islanders. And they've got this logo uh, that they unveiled this week uh, excruciatingly slowly <laughs> over the course of social media. Um you know, there was a. I don't want to talk too much about this because it's not a huge deal. Um, there did kick up a little bit of dust on, uh, you know, again, team social media and websites and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I the name change doesn't really bother me all that much. Like, yeah, okay, Bridgeport, I guess, doesn't have any islands, but you know, neither did Troy, New York, and the Islanders had the Capital District Islanders there for a long time. So, I mean, it is what it is, uh, but the logo and, you know, I feel bad saying this because I mean, I dabble in graphic design myself and I know how it is. There's lots of cooks in the kitchen. There's lots of decisions that go into this. People worked very, very hard on this, I'm sure. And it was focus group probably to death. Um, but I got to be honest, the logo is a little weak sauce. It's a B with a stick uh, there. The New York from the Islanders logo is in the top kind of making the, the tape on the stick, which I thought was kind of clever. But uh, the logo itself just doesn't have the same kind of zip that the the old Sound Tiger did, which I think people thought was pretty cool. And everybody complained, oh, what's a Sound Tiger? Who cares what a Sound Tiger is? What difference does it make? doesn't matter. But they're done now. And so now they're the Bridgeport Islanders. So uh, if you want to get some Sound Tigers gear, now would be the time because it's going to be pretty cheap uh, before the new stuff rolls in. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that, if you had any and all? Again, it's really not a big deal, but it did kind of become a big deal yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know. I, I, I didn't try to read too far into it. I, I do like the name. I love the name Sound Tigers. Uh, mm. I, I lived in Bridgeport for a while when I was in college. And um, I I just always cracked up seeing people with Sound Tiger stuff because, like, you know, the Islanders were terrible back then. And I would see more Sound Tiger stuff than Islander stuff uh, for, you know, the four years I was there. Um, and I got, I, yeah, I mean, it's my, uh, I, I, I like the Sound Tigers name. I like their logo, whatever it was. And But it's just like I never w- had any Sound Tigers gear or like was like emotionally attached to them. I pa- pay attention to them in passing because the NHL minor leagues are very kind of just – I feel like they're very different from you know baseball where it's like truly a development league. There's a lot ton of guys. It's like usually these teams are four or five legitimate prospects and then a lot of veterans. And then there's also – it's just it's – just, not my cup of tea, I guess is, mm. uh, is the point. And, and uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I guys, I, I would have just liked them to keep the logo and the name. Cause I thought it was kind of funny and unique. And, um, they're, they're I think that, you know, I, I, I wonder if they're named after the, their name sound tigers was because like the Bridgeport zoo, which I went to on my uh, 21st birthday and got, we got overserved and then went to the, to the zoo. Um, 
had had a couple Bengal tigers, and I just wonder if like that's why they were like oh like kind of like the Islanders made Sparky the dragon there. Their uh, mascot is cross promotion for the New York Dragons. If like that was like to draw attention to the fact that like yo the Bridgeport Zoo right over there has tigers. Um, right. I don't but, know. I I mean I always assumed that the Sound Tigers would eventually move to Long Island and become the Long Island Sound Tigers, which obviously as a name makes a heck of a lot more sense. Right. Um, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> they're they're staying in Bridgeport. Uh, I mean I guess if it did happen, they, they wouldn't. They certainly wouldn't be. I mean in, in the ideal scenario, I think for a lot of people. They would move to the Coliseum and play there while the Islanders play UBS Arena. Then, you know, at this point, if they did that, they certainly wouldn't be the New York Islanders. Maybe they'd be the Uniondale Islanders or something. I don't know. But uh, it's uh, it's all very silly. And, you know, I mean, this kind of stuff happens. Like, we actually, it's funny because we're, we're sort of lucky. I don't know if people realize this. I know, like, our friend Noel is, you know, a huge Bridgeport fan. He goes to a lot of games and has been a season ticket holder. And, uh, like, for a team, for a minor league team to stay in one spot with one name, for like 20, almost 20 years is really remarkable. Like that's almost never happens. I mean, look at the devil's farm team. I mean, my God, they've, they're always the devils, but it's like they're Binghamton. They're Albany. They're, oh, they're the river rats, the Albany river rats for a while. Then they moved to a different place and became the devils. And they were the, you know, it's like they're all over the place. And so um, I, don't, I don't even know the Rangers, you know, they had the wolf pack for a while. They were the, Hartford something or others, they were the Hartford whale. Then they went back to the wolf pack. Um, so, I mean, things change a lot in, in minor leagues. The, uh, the Canucks, um, they had the Utica Comets for a long time, but they're going to be moving. And so I think Utica is going to become home to the devil. So like you could be a, one day you're, you're a Utica Comets fan and the next day you're going to be a Utica Devils fan. So it's, this is kind of how it works in minor leagues, but you know, for the Islanders, they've just had the sound tigers for all this time. And honestly, outside of a uniform, it's been the same exact team in the same exact spot the whole time. That that's pretty rare. Um, so I guess this this kind of thing was you know going to happen. And uh, you know again, it's it's to call them the Islanders is sort of boring. It's a very Lou Lamorello thing to have called them the Islanders. Uh, the social media rollout was pretty clumsy. I got to tell you, and the logo is again sort of blah. But uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, if if people if players come up from there and are successful with the Islanders and help make the Islanders successful. And frankly, nobody cares. Like it's, it'll be fine. Like it's, you know, at this point we've, oh, the next guy, I guess to come up might be Samuel Bulldog, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe somebody else uh, at some point, they're probably going to be added to the taxi squad soon. But uh, the sound tigers were not good this year <laughs> as they have, as they generally are not. And I think that's what kind of got people a little bit angry. Like instead of worrying about what, what they are, how about making them a better team They had a very young roster this year. They almost had no hope against, you know, even in a division with only two other teams, they didn't really have much of a hope to to compete. So, uh, you know, I think if they if they got competitive and and or brought good players to the Islanders, nobody's really going to care what they're called or what their logo is. So, it really, doesn't matter at the end of the day. But uh, it, it was kind of a minor thing, and uh, you know, it gets when it, whenever something gets mentioned on like um, sportslogos.net, which is you know a site I go to a lot, or like UniWatch, all of a sudden like you're like, oh come on, like now people are going to make fun of it. It's a whole and and that did happen, um, <laughs> but uh, you know again it's hard to get too worked up about the Islanders AHL affiliate changing their name and logo, but but it is not. It's good that we noted it, but that's about it. I, I like the uh, I used to love the the blue and white Sound Tigers jerseys. Yeah, um, that was the it, early one. Yeah, yeah, and in in my head, like I can I can remember Rick DiPietro because he had like really cool pads with with that. You, you throw that jersey at Rick and he was going to have his fun with the, you know, his, the rest of his equipment for sure. And he did. That's one, you know, Rick, Rick never was a, was one for just 
the plain white pads mm-hmm. and blocker set and just a standard issue gold. Let's just say him and Lou probably wouldn't wouldn't really jive. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. um, I hadn't even thought about that. Boy, yeah. you're right. Oh and then, the, but I, for some reason, I always picture um, Bruno Gervais in that jersey, that that blue and white one. Uh, yeah, he just he was just to me that was that was his. And I was always very excited for Bruno growing up, uh, like as a prospect. Um, for some reason, I, I, I loved Chef Bruno and uh, <laughs> yeah, him and uh, you know Rick and and they the uh, and I guess Aaron Ness a little bit too. But th- those those were my when I think of the Sound Tigers, like that's that's who I get taken to. I always picture Franz Nielsen in that jersey, the the mm-hmm. blue and and I thought it was weird too because like. You know, I, don't, I didn't think that the the teams had to have the same jersey essentially as or jersey colors as the the big club, but I thought it was weird that the Sound Tigers were black had black and yellow, and in, in addition to the blue because it just kind of clash <laughs> with the Islanders colors. You know, you think they might go maybe like orange and blue to kind of like inverse it, but it didn't really work that way. So, but I always picture whatever Franz Niels. I think because because Dom wrote a lot about him back in those days. <laughs> they had those jerseys. And and back then, like you just, especially me, like I just assumed like everybody was playing at Bridgeport was was going to be a great prospect and <laughs> going to like you know change change the team and because uh, that's you know partly what we were told we were going to mm. you know build the Islanders back into contention through the draft uh, mm. even though Dustin Cohn was a terrible draft pick and whatever <laughs> you know however you, however many terrible draft picks they made that ended up playing at Bridgeport um, but yeah yeah so so there you go so it has been noted um, it has been noted. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, looking around the rest of the league, um, all of the playoff slots have been filled. Um, Montreal, not that they were really ever in danger of not making that final spot in the North, but they were the last team to qualify, um, which sets up a probably a playoff. They, there's still a chance they could pass Winnipeg for third, but everybody's kind of hoping for a Leafs-Habs playoff series, um, which would be the first time they've had one of those, I guess, since 1993. Um, the, the East we've already talked about in the central Nashville made it. Remember when Nashville was going to sell off all their players? Yeah. Well, they're a playoff team. Now. Yeah. That, that was Jeff, Jeff Merrick for three weeks was like, well, the predators are going to be the King makers at the deadline. They're the team that's going to. And then right. as soon as he said that, yep. The predators. <laughs> Who do you think is going to get Ryan Ellis? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, nobody. <laughs> like, yeah, how is Kyle Dubas going to fit Ryan Ellis <laughs> and Philip Forsberg on this team? <laughs> And Mikhail Granlund, but he's right. easy yeah. because oh, yeah. he's easy because he's an he's an expiring contract. Right. But, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna be a big player, Mikhail Granlund, who's still a Nashville Predator. Um, <laughs> go to the playoffs. Dallas. Go to the playoffs as a Nashville Predator somehow, even yeah. though he was traded to the Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, and uh, Ellis is a Flyer, and Ekholm is a uh, a Winnipeg Jet. It's somehow <laughs> they all made. They all made it to the playoffs as Nashville Predators. Um, Dallas, which was in the Stanley Cup Finals last year, uh, missed the playoffs this year. They just had a terrible season. I mean, they had a COVID outbreak. They had no no power. It's just injuries. I mean, that that's brutal. I mean, normally it's like you know the team goes to the finals and then misses the playoffs. The Devils did that the first year. They 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 won the playoff, won the cup in '95, and then missed the playoffs next year. I think the Caps did that the year after they went to the. Uh, the cup final the first time, you know, with uh, in 98, then they missed the next year. So it's usually embarrassing, but man, you got to give the stars a break. They had a lot going on this year. Uh, Chicago, which everybody talked about as being uh, a surprise playoff team. Yeah, they missed the playoffs. Uh, same with LA. Everybody loved LA for the first three weeks of the season. Look at these guys. They're doing great. Tom McClellan, what a genius. They're awesome. And they finished with uh, one of the lowest point totals in the league. So uh, they, 
everybody's real smart. But St. Louis uh, did actually make the playoffs. It looked pretty tight there for a while, but uh, they edged out Arizona. And so it's Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis. Um, the Avs do have a chance to pass. They have two games left. The Golden Knights have one, so there's a chance that the Avs can finish first there. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the Minnesota is really the surprise team this year. They've been not only good, but fun. Like, that's not a team that is known for that sort of thing. And I, I really do feel like the statute of limitations on me hating the wild because of the Niederreiter Clutterbuck trade uh, and uh, is is over. I think it's safe to say, like, that's a different era of, of Minnesota wild. And this is a different era of New York Islanders. Nino's been traded again. Uh, and so now I think it's safe for me to to not mind watching the wild. That's that's one of the, the trades that I always bring up when I talk to people about when, when everyone's losing their mind over the trade, being like, wow, this team got fleeced and whatever. And then, you know, six six years later, it's it's <laughs> such a foot like that outrage. Believe it or not, that outrage did not continue at the pace that it was at right after the trade for the rest of these guys' careers. Like Cal Clutterbuck. <laughs> I, I mean, you can argue that the Islanders – and that, that trade was pretty even, like with the way that, that <laughs> Cal Clutterbuck has made the Islanders, right. you know, uh, has contributed to the Islanders in in his own way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, I mean, it sh- and it's just like it just blows my mind. And I think the the funny thing about you saying that about the Wild is I've actually really not enjoyed their um, ride because I've watched everybody you know, lose their mind over them this year. Uh, be like, oh, I'm. I, I love the wild. This is so much fun. Like, look at these no, guys. At the go. athletic is all about like betting on the wild basically. So yeah. Yeah. Him and like the guys that have hockey and stuff. It's just, it's just too much. It's like not like there are some sticks that are just terrible. And I guess that's mm-hmm. one of them, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I they're good for sure. I think mm-hmm. uh, that, that division is, is going to be a, a pretty, pretty uh, much. It, it, I mean, the way that the schedule shook out is just absurd with the, the you can say that there's going to be two relatively um easy at least just look looking at the odds like the, the two biggest favorites are going to be probably the leafs against the habs and the hurricanes against the predators uh and it's like that's that's two out of eight series so this other six you can see going either Either way, I guess like the Avalanche and Wild, or I guess because think about the Blues. Like the Blues won the Stanley Cup two years ago. I bet the Blues a few months ago when they were really fighting it at sixty to one because it was like, like yeah, they're not playing well and they're not guaranteed a playoff spot. But they're they won the Western. They had the best record in the Western Conference last year and they won the Stanley Cup the year before that. This team is not that much change. There's not not that much has changed from that team. Just Petrangelo. So. Uh, and they brought in Tory Krug to replace him. And I just don't see why that team, you know, nobody should be surprised if that team pulls an upset in round one or around and goes on a run because they just did it two years ago and were really good last year for, for a while. So like, it's the, we're, we're looking at this as uh, you know, Islander fans and being like, damn, like the Penguins, what a tough first round series. But if, if this was that, that set up, like, you know, the, you could play the, the number one seed gets to pick who they want to play or whatever draft that people like, like to fantasize about in the playoffs. Nobody's coming out with an easy series. And mm-hmm. uh, we're, you know, that's we're we're definitely not for sure. And, but um, there's not, there was no, there was never going to be an easy way out of this division. The Islanders no. were going to have to earn every, every step of the way. And frankly, every team in, 
basically every division is going to, I guess outside of like the North is definitely the softest because you can, you know, play the Canadians and Oilers. And those, those are probably two mid middling teams compared to the Penguins and Bruins who are both legitimate cup contenders to get to the final four. Uh, but you know, that's, we knew this was going to happen as soon as this format was released. And I just hope that, uh, you know, I, I, I was kind of hoping that the Canadians would catch the Jets because Connor Hellebuck is definitely a series stealer or potential mm-hmm. series stealer. And I'd like to see <laughs> that, you know, him, him give the Leafs a little bit of a, uh, hard time. Uh, I don't have as much credit, uh, as much confidence in, uh, Jake Allen and the Canadians. I mean, Allen's a good goaltender, but, um, I just think that hell, like the, the, just the, like uh, aura of Connor Hellebuck hanging over that fan base uh, mm-hmm. after what happened to them last year would be would be a lot of fun and uh, <laughs> like yeah. the, obviously the Jets are could could be good with like they're they they they've been a mess lately but like they they are good like they have a lot of good players so yeah they're uh, they're the only playoff team that's been slumping as hard as the Islanders have I think what, what were they like two nine and something in their last like 12 yeah. games um the the habs too i guess uh kind of the, the habs are so inconsistent you know it's they seem to win a couple lose a couple it's a whole thing um the, i'm looking at the standings right now and actually it's the oilers are a lot closer to the leafs than you would think uh you know they the goal differential is a little bit different but uh you know the, the oilers have probably the ultimate x factor in that guy Connor mcdavid who somehow managed to score 100 points in 56 games that's crazy. And, and, you know, this whole time I hadn't really minded not seeing a ton of other games and other divisions. And now I kind of regret that a little bit because, you know, that that's like some Gretzky. And I know this is this is the cliche of all time, the shtick of all time. But like those, that's like a Gretzky like pace. Like we hadn't seen a, a pace like that in a long time. And I mean, if this was an 82 game season, I mean, how many points would he have ended with? Like <laughs> would, would he score 150 points? Like that's absurd. It's crazy. Yeah. It, but and, and once again, going back to the insufferable nature of <laughs> hockey, hockey Twitter and online fandom right now is like every you got people like tweeting like uh, how great it is and whatever, which is true. But like if you don't, if if once somebody disagrees with them, it's like oh, you know, I'm telling you why Connor. First, someone of course has to be contrarian and say like Connor McDavid shouldn't win the MVP. Could care less <laughs> what what these people think and whatever, and then it just chokes up your timeline for the for the rest of the day it's like these people uh yelling at each other over connor like just how good connor mcdavid is instead of being like why can't we just be like wow like this guy what he just did is pretty awesome um and mm-hmm. and it, it, i guess appreciate it for that way rather than turn it into a uh a soapbox argument and mm. everyone has to pick their side and it's just uh it's 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 just incredible to to watch and Hopefully, hopefully that stuff's just people just, I think more and more people are getting tired of it. So hopefully (laughs) people, people do realize that and, uh, get, get, get kind of get the gist of it. But, uh, and, and the good thing, like another good thing about the playoffs is that kind of stuff does, does kind of go away a little bit. Um, as, uh, as we like, yeah, like, oh, you don't think Adam Fox is going to win, should win the Norris? Like, uh, not only are you blocked, but I've called the police on you. Like, all right, (laughs) calm down, buddy. Like, it's all right. It's just, it doesn't, Adam Fox, it's like that scene in Mad Men when, John Hamm and, and Ginsburg are in the elevator and Ginsburg's like, you know, I feel bad for you. And John Hamm's like, yeah, I don't really think about you at all. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> there's so many times where I just want to talk about that with, with these people on, uh, on hockey Twitter be like, yeah, like Kyle Dubas is, is not reading your article. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think people are tired of it. And I think that, 
people are just everybody's got everybody else muted and or blocked now or just on the ignore you know like sort of mental ignore list like Ugh, i don't i don't care about this person like you're following who you follow you've muted who you want to mute like you just you know you don't listen to the podcast you don't want to listen to you listen to the ones you do and it's just like this so that kind of stuff doesn't come up all that much uh but yeah i think there's there's less much less patience for these sort of straw man arguments that there used to be that used to go on for days and days and days and thank god i'm not pining for those days at all but it used to be pretty bad. Um, one one series that's definitely going to be the darling of social media, and I got I got to admit I'm kind of interested to watch this too. Is the first ever all Florida series? It's Panthers and Lightning, and man, the Lightning looked like they were going to waltz to another cup through again halfway through the season, and all of a sudden they end up in third place in the division because uh, everybody got hurt, and you know all of a sudden there's no Stamkos, there's no Kucherov, there's no Hedman, there's no Zvezlevsky, or at least he was playing, but he wasn't playing well, and so. The Panthers jumped them, and uh, you know they're the other really surprise team this year, and uh, it's looking pretty good. And you know the the Panthers, uh, it's I could say this because you know they're not playing my team, but you know it would be nice for this team to win a playoff round for the first time in thirty years or whatever, and it would be something for them to do it against Tampa Bay of all teams, the defending Stanley Cup champions, even better. Uh, so so that ought to be pretty cool and. Uh, the first place team in that division is the Carolina Hurricanes. And I was thinking about this the other day as they were, you know, people were talking about could they capture their first president's trophy. I was like, thank God they weren't in the Islanders division this year. Like, had they just <laughs> kept the divisions yeah. and this team would have been in there, the Islanders would have probably right. not even come anywhere close to the playoffs uh, because they, they were really good. And, you know, I have no love for that team in particular. Again, you talk about the the sort of social media darlings. The only two teams you're allowed to like really are the, the Leafs and uh, Hurricanes, so I'm pretty sick of them at this point. Um, but uh, man, there's something, and and you know, I, I think it, for them to not go deep would be a huge, huge disappointment, and for them to be upset by the Predators would be an enormous disappointment. But uh, that that Central ended up being a lot more, I think, interesting than a lot of people kind of thought it was going to be uh, before the season. Um, the only thing everybody knew was that Detroit was going to be bad, and they are. Oh, and Columbus was bad too, and now John Tortorella is not coming back. So we'll see how that shakes out over the course of the next uh, the next few months. Tortorella is in the area. He could be coming to a team near you. So be careful. My hope, and this obviously will never happen, is that should Lane Lambert get a job, Barry Trotz makes the call to Torts, and it's Trotz and Torts behind the Islanders bench. Dear God. It. Can you imagine? I, don't, I mean, I know that John Tortorella would never, it would, I mean, it would never, ever, ever happen. But I was just cracking up, just picturing the two of them together behind a bench um would be it would just be amazing but yeah i mean it's the tortorella thing was i do i do appreciate that this was kind of like a, a known thing for the whole season it was like tortorella was there was that rumor that he was like purposefully tor- torpedoing the, the blue jacket <laughs> season to get fired and then he does end up um you know leaving at the end of the year so uh you know those those conspiracy theorists can can take a uh you know victory lap i guess if they want but uh this the blue jackets for a team that um kind of prided itself on not being a, a saga for all these years, just going about their business, playing hockey and whatever under Tortorella. And what a saga they were this year. Um, yeah, yeah, probably the second second biggest tire fire behind Buffalo, which now had their exit interviews. And uh, Jack Eichel has essentially accused the Sabres of not letting him get surgery on his injured neck and uh, basically saying, like, you know, I got to look out for myself. Uh, and I gotta, you know, do what's best for me, wherever that means I'll play next year. <laughs> so, ugh, you know, Sam Reinhardt's saying, you know, he, he might be looking for a change of play, uh, situation. 
it's and uh, it's bad. It's I, bad I, someone there. someone reached out to me yesterday about it, and uh, he's, who's not a Sabres fan? We were just talking about uh, kind of how we had these these series projected and stuff, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, man, Buffalo can't." I I feel bad for him, and I was mm. like, "Yeah." Yeah, but I was I've lived through that. Like you 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 can you can feel bad for them. I and and sure like I feel I can feel bad for them a little bit, but like I don't it's not like I don't know how. Like I I've been I've been there, buddy. I've been like I've been mm. we've all been there. Everyone listening to this podcast has basically been where the Sabres uh, fans have been. So it's like that yeah, you can that we I don't take pity on them at all. Um just because like I guess it's just where where was the um you know, where was that outcrying when, or pity for when the Islanders were doing what they were doing in the, uh, you know, late, late aughts or late nineties or what, however, you know, during the 37 year rebuild under snow, like, it's just <laughs> like, I, I, we didn't know where the Islanders would play every season. So there's, there's like, there, there is like a kind of like a weird, I, I just don't, I feel bad for them, but like, I'm like, you know, you're, this isn't the first time this has happened to a, to a, to a hockey team kind of thing. And, I mean, yeah. it, the Islanders can serve, I guess, as a little bit of hope. And I think we've talked about this earlier. Like the Islanders, you should look to this team. Like you just bring in the right people, and all of a sudden you're in the playoffs a third time, and you you have mm-hmm. in a row, and like your franchise is completely the facelift is like complete, complete. Like I just can't believe how this where this team is right now. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, like. I just like I was saying, like going, getting excited for the playoffs in the same way, and and that's why, right? Like we, I've been in those lows, and and being able just to get to the playoffs and lose in the first round series felt like an honor, uh, and now you know it's it still kind of does. Like I'm still just so excited for uh, the Islanders to that that all the hype videos that'll be coming out, like mm. the, just like the I always call it like your playoff family. Like I have friends who I always end up with, um, who who I basically don't see. Uh, even in normal times throughout the the year proper and then when that playoffs start like all of a sudden we're tailgating together and i you're in you're in a foxhole with them for mm. you you haven't seen i might not have seen this person for you know seven months but now i'm in a foxhole with them and, and i know exactly how they feel right now i know the anxiety deep in their stomach they know the same thing I, that i'm going through the same thing and that that's a very powerful thing uh to to be going through that with with somebody uh, and which is just like, which is what really makes the NHL playoffs so special is like you're sitting next to somebody who is gutting out the agony of watching a team in a, in a tie game next goal wins overtime. And you're sitting there and Chris Letang is skating the puck down the, the ice and you're just basically shitting yourself. And <laughs> guess what? So is the person next to you. And knowing that is, is yeah, it's a very powerful, powerful thing. And uh, that, that's really what makes it all, uh, all so great. Yeah. Oh. No, but no better way to end it than that. This is a very, you know, that that's a, its own little hype video right there, or hype audio, I should say. So, yeah, get ready. Playoffs are coming up, and uh, we shall see uh, how it ends. Again, we don't know for sure right now uh, when that playoff game is, but figure it'll be Sunday, uh, and uh, we'll talk again after that and uh, see uh, what foot the Islanders got off on. Um, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lee Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski with two E's on Twitter. Read all of his work at Action Network. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Put your Twitter handle in there. Maybe get some eBay swag. Check out VintageIceHockey.com. And, uh, yeah, get ready. This is what we've been waiting for. So yeah. 
get hype. <laughs> Playoffs are right here. And uh, we, uh, we'll see where the Islanders uh, are at after game one. All right. We'll talk to you uh, then. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. I'll sleep when I'm dead All right